Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time you're listening to this, please welcome to the Market Color Podcast. This is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the global financial markets, including a special focus on the Kenyan markets. And in order to deliver on this objective, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the local markets with a view to covering all the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in the financial markets, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That is why I created the Market Color podcast to call it and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. Ladies and gentlemen, this here is episode number 56. And as mentioned previously, to commemorate the first anniversary of the Market Color podcast, I am in the process of writing a book that is focused on fundamental analysis that will help our listeners to develop a better understanding of the global financial markets and in particular, how economic data influences asset prices. I will keep you updated on the progress. So this week, we are reviewing the performance of the global markets during the 20th week of 2023, and that is from Monday the 15th to Friday the 19th of May. And without further ado, this is your host, Jamuhuri, and together, let's dive right in. In the headlines this past week, the group of seven, that is the G7, was in Hiroshima, Japan, for a three-day meeting to discuss international trade and global security. And the meeting was held against the backdrop of the ongoing Russian invasion of Ukraine. The leaders of the G7 have committed to impose further sanctions on Russia as its invasion of Ukraine continues for the second year running. On Friday, the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell spoke at a monetary conference in Washington, D.C., where he said that the financial tools deployed by the Fed had helped to stabilize conditions in the banking sector. And he also noted that the recent developments in the markets have contributed to tighter credit conditions that are likely to weigh down on economic growth and as such, higher interest rates may not be required to contain inflation. Meanwhile, on the U.S. debt ceiling negotiations, on Friday, a second meeting between the White House and congressional Republicans broke down with no progress to report by either side. The Treasury Department has warned that the Federal Reserve has less than two weeks to go before it is unable to finance its debts and that could trigger a calamitous default with global consequences. 
In the U.S. stock market, shares fell across the board on Friday as debt ceiling negotiations collapsed, stoking fears that a deal may not be reached before the 1st of June deadline. The Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped 109 points to 33,426, while the S&P 500 slipped 0.14%, to 4,191, and the Nasdaq Composite slid 0.24% to 12,657. However, despite the concerns, all the three major averages capped the week with gains as the Dow Jones rose 0.38%, while the S&P 500 added 1.65%, and the Nasdaq Composite gained 3.04%. In the U.S. bond market, the yields on U.S. Treasuries rose slightly on Friday as investors weighed between the Fed chairman's outlook on interest rates and the breakdown in debt ceiling negotiations. The yield on the two-year Treasury note climbed two basis points to 4.291%, while the yield on the 10-year Treasury bond rose four basis points to 3.688%. For your information, the markets are now projecting an 82% chance that the Federal Reserve will hold interest rates steady at its next policy meeting. In the commodity market, the price of crude oil reversed trend and fell on Friday after debt ceiling negotiations ended abruptly without a clear way forward, raising concerns about a U.S. debt default that could cut energy demand. The international benchmark Brent crude dropped 0.8% to trade at 75.58 U.S. dollars a barrel, whilst the U.S. benchmark West Texas Intermediate dipped 0.3%, to 71.69 US dollars a barrel. However, despite the dip on Friday, both benchmarks still rose about 2% to record their first weekly gain in the past one month. Meanwhile, Marban oil, which Kenya imports, decreased to 75.80 US dollars per barrel compared to 76.45 US dollars the previous week. In the precious metals market, the price of gold rallied about 1% on Friday and recouped some of its earlier losses on the back of renewed concerns about the stability of the U.S. banking sector. And this was in tandem with the Fed chairman's comments that another interest rate hike may not be necessary. The price of spot gold gained 1.2% to close the week at 1981 US dollars per ounce. For the week, gold was down about 1.5% and was on course for its worst week since February this year. And in Japan, foreign investors are flocking back into the Japanese stock market as the Tokyo Price Index, also known as the Topics, has gained more than 6% so far this year to hit its highest level since 1990. Meanwhile, Japan's headline inflation rate 
ticked up to 3.5% in the month of April as core inflation rose to 3.4% on an annual basis, which was in line with economists' forecast. Despite the rise in inflation, the Bank of Japan's new governor has stressed the need to maintain its ultra-loose monetary policy until inflation is sustainably around 2%. For your information, Japan has experienced a state of deflation for several decades and the most significant period occurred in the 1990s to early 2000s, a period that is often referred to as the lost decade. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets. And as usual, we start by looking at the foreign exchange market, where during the past week, the Kenyan shilling continued to depreciate versus the major international currencies, but remained stable and resilient versus the regional currencies. And according to data obtained from the central bank, the Kenyan shilling was trading at 137.49 versus the U.S. dollar, compared to 136.79 the previous week. However, commercial banks were selling the U.S. dollar at between 140 shillings on the lower side to 148 shillings on the higher side. Meanwhile, the sterling pound was priced at 171.38 and the euro was valued at 148.81. And on the regional front, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 27.12 Ugandan shillings and 17.18 Tanzanian shillings. And to the Rwandese franc, it was posted at 8.16. It is still my considered opinion that the Kenya shilling will continue to depreciate for the foreseeable future as the country remains weighed down by excessive foreign external debts which have increased our debt-to-GDP ratio above 70%, and as debt repayments now consume about 60% of total revenue collections. On foreign exchange reserves during the past week, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves declined by $171 million to $6.297 billion dollars, which is equivalent to 3.5 months of import cover. This amount remains below the required threshold and is in breach of the central bank's statutory requirement to endeavor to maintain at least four months of import cover. Kenya's foreign exchange reserves have now dropped to their lowest level in the past 10 years, and this is the result of increased foreign debt repayments coupled with the country's inability to access the international financial markets due to the high cost of U.S. dollar debt. And our monthly update on diaspora remittances shows that the inflow of remittances in the month of April totaled $320 million compared to $357 million that was received the previous month, and this was a decrease of 10.5%. The cumulative inflow of remittances for the 12 months to April totaled $3.985 billion. The inflow of diaspora remittances continues to support the country's current account as well as the local foreign exchange market. The United States remains the largest source of remittances into Kenya, accounting for about 57% of total remittances. 
in the money markets, the situation in the interbank market was sufficiently liquid during the past week as government payments into the market exceeded and more than offset tax remittances to the government. Commercial banks' excess reserves in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 36.4 billion shillings. Meanwhile, open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate at 9.26% compared to 9.33% that was recorded the previous week. And during the week, the average value that was traded in the interbank market increased to 22.9 billion shillings from 18.6 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly Treasury bill auction was held on Thursday, the 18th of May, and the central bank received bids totaling 36 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of 150%. Meanwhile, interest rates increased marginally but remained stable as the bulk of the bids, about 24 billion shillings, were concentrated at the short end of the yield curve, where the 91-day rate ticked up by 10.8 basis points to 10.51%, while the 182-day rate rose by 12.5 basis points to 10.97%, and the 364-day rate increased by 12 basis points to settle at 11.39%. For your information, one basis point is equivalent to 0.01% and therefore 100 basis points is equivalent to one percentage point. In the primary bond market during the past week, the Central Bank of Kenya announced a top sale for an additional 10 billion shillings for the recently issued three-year fixed coupon treasury bond whose reference number is FXD1-2023-03. stroke stroke The top sale was offered on a first-come, first-served basis, and the central bank received and accepted bids totaling 10.6 billion shillings at a weighted average rate of 14.228%. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange during the past week, the equities market recorded a mixed performance with the NASI and the NSE 25 gaining by 5.3% and 2.7% respectively, while the NSE 20 declined marginally by just 0.3%. This takes their year-to-date performance to losses of 22.6% for the NASI, 12.4% for the NSE 20, and 18.1% for the NSC 25. The market's performance was mainly driven by gains recorded by large-cap stocks such as Safaricom, KCB Group, East African Breweries, and Standard Chartered Bank, which increased by 13.2%, 8.2%, 4.8%, and 3.5% respectively. These gains were, however, weighed down by losses recorded by banking stocks such as Diamond Trust Bank and Equity Group, as well as BAT, that is British American Tobacco, which declined by 9.4%, 5.9%, and 2% respectively. 
during the week, the turnover in equities increased by about 16% to $12 million. And this takes a year-to-date turnover to about $409 million U.S. dollars. Meanwhile, foreign investors remained net sellers for the fifth consecutive week with a net selling position of $1.4 million. And this takes the year-to-date net selling position to just shy of $51 million. In the bond market, turnover in the domestic secondary market increased by 69% during the past week. And in the international markets, the yields on Kenya's eurobonds were on a downward trajectory and declined by an average of 82 basis points, with a yield on the 10-year eurobond that matures in 2024, recording the largest decline of 2.2 percentage points from 17.6% to 15.4%. The downward trajectory of Kenya's eurobond yields is mainly attributed to the recent comments by the managing director of the International Monetary Fund, that is Kristalina Georgieva, who gave Kenya a vote of confidence when she said that Kenya's debt is sustainable. Next up is the topical issue, and this week we are reviewing three particular issues that piqued my interest. The first issue is on the government's overdraft facility, where the Treasury is now on the verge of breaching its overdraft limit at the Central Bank of Kenya. The latest data from the Central Bank shows that the outstanding overdraft hit a record high of 78.5 billion shillings as at the 5th of May. This amount is just shy of the 80 billion shilling limit that was set at the beginning of the current financial year. The overdraft facility is a temporary source of funding to help cater for priority payments and emergencies. The increased use of the overdraft facility is an indicator of cash flow challenges being experienced by the National Treasury, which is behind its domestic borrowing target by a whopping 170 billion shillings with only one month left in the current financial year. The second issue is on the financial health of the local banking sector. The Central Bank of Kenya, in its latest banking supervision report for the year 2022, indicated that the number of commercial banks in poor financial health has increased to 13 after more lenders were found to be in breach of critical supervisory and regulatory requirements. The central bank, however, did not mention the affected banks, but indicated the financial breaches it uncovered, which included overlending to a single borrower and, in particular, overlending to the real estate sector. The regulator also uncovered excessive insider lending to bank directors and members of staff, as well as breaches on capital adequacy requirements, which is a critical failure by banks to provide sufficient capital to safeguard against losses arising from non-performing loans. And finally, there's a new sheriff in town. As the president, based on the recommendations of the Public Service Commission, has nominated Dr. Kamau Dhuge to take over from Dr. Patrick Njoroge as the 10th governor of the Central Bank of Kenya. 
Dr. Duge is currently the senior advisor and head of fiscal affairs and budget policy at the State House. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Market Color podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. And for your information, the Market Color podcast is now available on all the major hosting directories. That is Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhuriG at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support and I look forward to interacting with you again next week. And in the meantime, please do have yourselves a blessed and productive week ahead. And remember, your talent, which is a gift from the creator, will create room for you. Think about it. Thank you and God bless.